Celebrate Entrepreneur's Biggest Night live from West Hollywood, California. The 2013 EOTM Awards, Sunday, August 4th at the beautiful Pacific Design Center. Red Carpet and Celebrity Stunted Awards Show, highlighting all things entrepreneurship. Nominees and presenters scheduled to attend Bruce Valanche, Farah Abraham, Tammy Roman, Jake Short, Carlin Jeffrey, Adam Parter, Matt Martin, Eric Zuli, Latoya Luckett, Jasmine Brand, Christian Keys, Mary Marrow, Vincent Ward, Josh Feldman, CC Perkinson, Cynthia Manley, Fawn, Chili Moe, Mimi Foss, Donley Heising, Jared Masters, Macy Bookout, Barbara Niven, and many more to be confirmed. Performances by Billy Lord, Adam Barter, Chioki Damachi, Leon, Ron Anthony with Don Cannon, and more. Win tickets by tweeting hashtag EOTM Awards, hashtag Think Entrepreneurship. Visit www.eotmawards.com, www.eotmawards.com for more info. Viratech is a publicly traded company that has created the first biotech social network. Founded by Dr. Kevin Buckman, the company has built a unique platform that will allow biotech research to become open-sourced for the first time in history. A breakthrough company in the biotech industry, Viratech is publicly held, meaning anyone can become a shareholder of the company. The trading symbol is Vira, spelled V-I-R-A. More information about Viratech is available via Yahoo Finance. Just type in the ticker symbol V-I-R-A. Let's do this dirty laundry, dirty laundry. Let's do this dirty laundry. 
What's that? You're interested in hearing a few live shows? Visit our radio page at www.eotmradio.com. Thanks for your time. This commercial is brought to you by EOTM Radio and Classic City Records. Viratech is a publicly traded company that has created the first biotech social network. Founded by Dr. Kevin Buckman, the company has built a unique platform that will allow biotech research to become open-sourced for the first time in history. A breakthrough company in the biotech industry, Viratech is publicly held, meaning anyone can become a shareholder of the company. The trading symbol is Vira, spelled V-I-R-A. More information about Viratech is available via Yahoo Finance. Just type in the ticker symbol V-I-R-A. Log Talk Radio. It's time for the Don Adams Sweet Tea, the talk show on EOTM Radio. Let's talk about it. But I'm cold maxing. Call up a cutie, I'm in the mood for relaxing. Get my phone book from top of the shelf, I dial 616. I better keep it to myself. Call up a cutie with a triple star next to it. She says, Hello, we conversate a bit. Invite her over for a candlelight dinner. Believe me when I tell you that this girly is a winner. Shortly after that, I hear the doorbell ring. Turn on the radio and eat a baker sauce to sing. Open up the door and I kiss her on the cheek. She's so nice, polite, pretty, so sweet. On the couch and I remove her coat. Squat next to her, <coughs> clear my throat. Whisper in her ear, tell her what she wants to hear. Let her know to have no fear. Heavy hair. And girls, they girls, they love me.
the dance floor bounce. Joe Black was in the corner looking mean and he was strapped. Tommy George, Jeff and Butter was on the spot. Buying champagne for the crew, $100 a pop. Me, I was casing the joint. Clocking all the people as they stared and point. It feels really good to be heavy D. Because the girls, the girls, they love me. Girls, they girls, they love me. Sleep in your side, kick deep, angry man. 
Another edition of the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. Got an exciting lineup for you tonight, family. Let me get my normal acknowledgments, acknowledgments out of the way. Welcome, as always. Tonight, I'm going to put the topic out there first, man. Tonight, we're talking about a man living with a false conviction. That's right, a man living with a false conviction. Very serious topic. You know, as you all know, most of my topics have to do with the system and how corrupt that I believe that it is, uh, not only because I've watched it, but because I've worked in it. And, you know, tonight I'm very fortunate to be able to present to you an actual real-life case. Um, you know, this man is currently incarcerated, and for those of you who are curious enough to want to ask, don't ask because he does have access to a cell phone or whatever, however, whatever means it is that he's contacting the show tonight. So I want to put that out there. Uh, but with that being said, I want to give my normal acknowledgments to you, first of all, for giving me your time. You know, uh, as I always like to acknowledge, you know, time is the most valuable commodity uh, that you can offer anybody. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why they incarcerate folks, to take away their time. Uh, with that being said, I want to say hello, or I want to say give out my normal acknowledgments to the uh, EOTM family, starting with Carla B., of course, our fearless leader. Uh, Ronnie, uh, first lady of GPT, Queen G., of course, Q., uh, the newest addition to the family. 
Jimmy EOTM Baker out on the West Coast Connection. I want to send out shouts to the EOTM Street Team as well. The brothers doing work from down under. Uh, Ron and his sidekick, Mother Jenkins. And for those of you who don't know, uh, show information can be found at www.eotmradio or you can go to www.queensofinternetradio.com. And my personal email address for those of you who want to contact me, Don Adams Talk Show at EOTM Radio. And for purposes of the show tonight, well, every night, hell, the number doesn't change. 718-664-6543. That's the call-in number, family. 718-664-6543. We're going to get the blog room open in just a minute. Uh, I'm working on that right now. Actually, I'm not working on it right now. I'm just going to tell you it's going to take a minute because I'm not ready to get it open yet. This is a very sensitive subject, and I'm still working on information uh, on this man's case just to let you all know just how serious I, I believe that this is. Also, before we go on any further, I want to send my normal shout out to our family in Jamaica, Australia, the U.K., and in New Zealand. That's right, I mentioned Australia because we have some folks in Australia that have been listening to the show. That's right, family, the show is international. Um, with that, all of that being said, family, let's get with this thing. And I want to start out with a quote. And the quote that I want to start out with is that we all have strength enough to endure the misfortunes of others. That's a very powerful quote. Uh, because I think that it speaks volumes for those of us who like to sit on the outside and look in and point fingers and say, coulda, shoulda, woulda. We all have strength enough to endure the misfortunes of other, of other people. Now, tonight's topic is a man living with a false conviction. Family, uh, you know, I've already given up my welcomes, but this is a story about a man who said that he was falsely convicted, and he is currently being held as an inmate in the Georgia state of Georgia, penal uh, system, uh, how is it, here's my question, how is it that a man can be charged with a crime of violence, convicted, sentenced, and held without a victim to this crime ever being declared? Now, I've since talked with a big man uh, prior to the show, and his case is very, very, very complicated. Uh, I want to put that out there uh, up front. It's a very, very, very complicated case. Um, and I understand it because I have a legal mind, um, and, I, and I don't say that as an insult to anyone that's out there listening to the show, but I say that because I've worked in the system, I've been trained to deal with the system, and I'm educated about the system, formally educated about the system. So with some of the details that he will reveal tonight, we'll feel questions about that, but I want to point, point this out. It's very important for people to realize that before we get started with the show, uh, and I, as I said before, you know, I, I like to put it out there that the system, so-called prosecutors and judges that are put in place to ensure that things are done correctly, don't always do what they're supposed to do. They're human, just like you and I are. Think about that point in time when you've had to make a decision as to whether or not you were going to do the right thing or the wrong thing based upon a small scale. Well, they're only human, and they also have been faced with the same types of convictions. Um, so I want to put that out there. Also, I want to put the disclaimer out, I love to say this, that the thoughts and opinions of me and anyone else that speaks on the show are their own and my own, not necessarily connected with anyone else that's affiliated with EOTM. Basically, y'all hold me accountable for what I say and don't go chasing after anybody else because I'm grown and I get paid to do this. So with that being said, uh, what we're going to do now is I see we have some folks already chiming in. Um, Let me open up the lines. All right, let's start with 909-227. You're on the air, Don Adams, Jr. Talk Show. Hi, Don. How you doing? This is Steve with Q. 
Hey, Q, what's up, baby? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I, I can't complain, you know. You have someone right now that's uh, in a crisis situation. I cannot complain. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we're definitely glad to have you on, too. Uh, you know, and I know you're a very insightful woman. Um, you know, and I don't say that, you know, to say that women aren't insightful, but fellas and uh, ladies and gentlemen, everyone within the earshot of my voice, trust me when I tell you, she's insightful above most. Believe me when I tell you that. And I'm glad to have you a part of it, you know, participating in the show tonight. It's a very sensitive subject to me. And also we have, uh, looks like Carla's on the line as well. Carla, you with us? I am. I'm riding, riding tight with you guys tonight. Okay, What's good morning. Hi, What's good? What's good? Um, I, I'll just say really quickly, um, thanks for, for letting me chime in. I'm only going to be on for a little bit, but I definitely wanted to hear, um, you know, um, Big Man and, and his his case, and then I can voice my opinion on the situation. Okay. Excellent, excellent. You know, I want to set the stage, you know, before we bring Big Man on. He's going to be on family in about 15, about 15 minutes. Um, you know, and for some of you out there who, who who don't understand or know the penal system, I want to set the stage for this thing. In, within the penal system in this country lives a whole separate city, meaning um, people within the penal system can acquire drugs, they can acquire prostitution, they can acquire money, uh, they can acquire phones, they can do whatever they, you know, if they have the clout to do it, they can acquire many different things. Now, I'm not putting the shadow over big man. But what I am saying is this, for those of you out there who do not know or understand the penal system, it is very possible for this man to do what he is doing tonight. It is very risque for this man to do what he's doing tonight. For him to open himself up and to put himself in a position to tell his story uh, publicly, it tells me one of two things. Number one, that he really genuinely needs help uh, because, you know, with being in the position that he's in and once he puts his story out there, it's very, very likely impossible that someone may be tuned in and may figure out just who he is. And the fact that he's able to do that will will cause him to be in harm's way. Please believe me when I tell you that. Uh, so, and, and so with that being said, family, this is why I said, you know, for this man to reach out and to say, hey, I need help, I want to say that this, to me, was a prime opportunity for EOTM to step up and say, you know what, we're all about empowerment, this is what we're about. Let's see what it's about. Let's let, let's make it happen. Now, I want to put this out there before he comes on, and I want to say that you know I am I am a supporter of Big Man, but I am also uh, operating in the uh, media arena. So I'm going to ask him the difficult questions. I'm going to ask him the hard questions, and I fully expect anyone else that calls in and wants to re- wants to uh, respond to anything that he says to ask him the hard and difficult questions. But I also want to say this, let's be respectful and mindful of the fact that he is a human being, and he very well could be innocent of what uh, he's accused of doing. So with that being said, uh, later on in the show, I'm going to put out some statistics on people that are wrongfully convicted by prosecutors. I'm going to also put out there, I'm going to also want to explain to the public what it means to operate under what what the judicial system calls autonomy, operating under the colors of the law. Some of y'all are going to be very interested to know what that means because um, I'll say this. It means that prosecutors and police officers, to some degree, can operate in 
do things under the colors of the law, in other words, in the commission of their duties, without worrying about reprisal or someone coming back and saying, hey, you did wrong, uh, guess what? We're going to put you in jail. I know there's a case in California uh, about an officer who shot an unarmed man. We're going to talk about that too briefly later on in the show. And a lot of folks are upset about that because the officer didn't get convicted of murder, but he was convicted of manslaughter. Um, Also, family, later on in the show, I want to try to illustrate to you uh, what the states are doing to make amends once they've realized that they have wrongfully convicted someone because there are plenty of instances where they realize, hey, oh, we sent the wrong man or the wrong woman to jail. Oh, my God, what's the deal? And then they want to give you a pocket full of money and say, well, we can't give you back your time, but we'll give you some money. Does it make it better? Does it make it better once you've been indoctrinated into the prison system? Once you've had to 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 live the lifestyle uh, of an inmate, because that's essentially what it is. Because there's a whole another set of rules that comes into place when you become indoctrinated into the penal system. Okay, family. So with that being said, uh, you know I just want to put that information out there so that we could go ahead and you know kind of sort of set the stage. Um, and also, uh, what I want to do is well, we got another caller that's coming in as well. Four seven eight, you're on the air with the Don Adams Junior Talk Show. Four seven eight two two eight, you're on the air, Don Adams Junior Talk Show. All right, well, we'll go ahead and give them some time to get it together. But in the meantime, family, uh, before we get started, I want to take a break, a commercial break, and uh, then we're going to come back and uh, we'll see if we can get Big Man with us, and then we'll get this party started. All right.
Welcome back, family, to another edition of the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. Top of the hour, I mentioned that we're going to... Actually, let me just put the topic back out there again. Tonight's topic is a man living with a false conviction. Um, this is a story about a man who says that he was falsely convicted and is currently being held in, as an inmate in the Georgia penal system. Uh, here's the question that I have. Is how is it that a man can be charged with a crime of violence, convicted, sentenced, and held without a victim of his crime, to his crime ever being declared? Um, I've spoken with him since, uh, you know, the publication of the show. The victim has been declared, and I think that his argument is that the intent could not have been there. It's the intent. Um, you know, and, and we're still waiting on big man to join us. But, family, I want to put this out there. For those of you who are staunch law enforcement supporters and for those of you who currently believe that, you know, hey, this system of justice that we currently operate under is a wonderful system. Um, is a wonderful, yeah, okay, I got you over there, Carla P. It's a wonderful system. Uh, you know, it's fallible. And later on in the show, as I said also, family, I want to put out, I'm going to put out statistics on those folks that are, that have been jailed wrongfully and wrongfully convicted. Also, I want to explain to you what the states um, are trying to do uh, once they realize that they have wrongfully convicted someone. And I'll just put a, give you a hint. Basically, it's just to pay them off. And also, we want to talk about later on the show, autonomy, uh, colors of the law, very serious terms that people need to be aware of because this is what allows prosecutors and police officers consciously to do the things that they do without having to worry about reprisal. All right. With no further ado, family, I want y'all to please welcome to the stage or to the to the uh, to the show uh, the man of the hour, uh, Mr. Big Man. Um, I've set the stage as, as as best I could here. Big Man, you with us? Hold on a second. Let me get this thing right. All right, Big Man, you with us? Yeah, I'm right here with y'all. All right, Big Man, how you feeling? I'm feeling all good today. It's good. It's good, brother. Well, you know, you and I talked earlier in the show, man, and I'm going to lay the ground rules out because I've already said this, you know, prior to you coming on. Uh, and I'm going to put it out there. You are currently incarcerated. And for those of you who are curious enough to want to explain or ask why this is happening or how this is going down, that's not your business. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, he has access to what he has access to. So I'm going to put that out there. This is a real story. This is a live story. Uh, this man has reached out. And he is asking for our attention. He's asking for us to just listen uh, to what it is that he has to say about his particular situation. And after I've done some research on his particular case, um, you know, I have said to myself, you know what? If he reached and I heard, it is my duty to allow. And this is why we're here today. Now, big man, before we go further, listen, I want you to know that Carla B is on the line with us. Also, we have Q, who is another one of our personalities. Uh, with EOTM, who's on the line. And uh, we're going to give you the stage, and we're going to let you take your time, and we want you to express and tell us what it is that you want us to know about your situation. And I want to also be upfront with you, big man. I'm going to ask some difficult questions. You and I talked earlier. Uh, nothing, out, nothing, nothing outside of what we talked about. But I'm going to ask you some difficult questions, uh, and I'm going to open the floor for those that will ask respectful uh, questions, but difficult questions to you as well. So with that being said, those are the ground rules, brother. Go with it. Give us your story. Okay. August the 5th, 1998 was the date all this took its course. August the 5th, 1998, uh, me and a couple guys, we was riding, 
and my girlfriend at the time, we got caught up in a situation with some rival gangs. The situation led to fire changing. At, during the fire changing, my late girlfriend was killed, Vanessa Wilson, known to the, the people that are gangster Nikki. And during this situation at hand, I was incarcerated. But at the time of the incarceration, it wasn't no charge against brought against no one amongst me or the other men that was riding in the car with us at that at a given time. But several hours later, a, a charge was put against me, stating that well, 24 hours later, stating that I was the assumed shooter of a handgun. That later on in court, found out to be did not have Mr. Big Man handprint neither on the gun or, or anything within the scene. But I, too, let people know Mr. Big Man was on the scene because this situation really was a victimized situation where I became uh, more of a, a criminal active person instead of a victim, that, which I was, being attacked. During the situation after the attack, as I would state, Mr. Big Man took upon incarceration where he was held several months, a year and a half, basically in, in the county jail. Upon this situation, they could never find uh, render an indictment for the charges that they prompt against Mr. Big Man. So in itself, the district attorney, as I would state, you know, I learned this after researching myself during this state of incarceration, that I was brought into a courtroom with an illegal indictment. And I would like you to know a legal indictment is something that was frivolous. You know what illegal means. So at the actual charge, Mr. Big Man was never eligible charged for because they had any ev they had no evidence to push a case. But due to the reputation of Mr. Big Man upon the streets, he just couldn't be let go that easy and that simple. So the allegations came to the point where the district attorney, her sisters and amongst those who worked with her, brings about an indictment of malice murder, which is an attention killing, meaning it's premeditated. You went to do something knowing what you was going to do. As I stated earlier, Mr. Big Man was a victim that got caught in a situation doing handgun play as we was riding. And I, as I bring you back, during this situation, Mr. Big Man, as I state now, did not know of the malice murder to several years being incarcerated. Going through the procedures of court, Mr. Big Man was sentenced to a life sentence in prison. But under the guidelines of a charge that wasn't even charged towards his indictment, meaning a felony murder, aggravated assault, commission of found doing a felony, and possession of found by convicted felony, which possession of found by convicted felony was dead doctor. Commission of found doing a felony, Mr. Big Man previous got sentenced to five years. Aggravated assault on unknown pedestrians. 10 years, and for the felony murder charge, which is the same as the aggravated assault because you cannot have a felony murder case without a, a, a known felon, meaning that you was in a commission of a crime to commit a crime, stating that they were stating that I was in a commission to commit aggravated assault, but on no victim because the charge was pumped against and wrote in the indictment on unknown pedestrians. As I state again, unknown pedestrians. The felony murder, which in itself, like I say, Mr. Big Man was sentenced to a life imprisonment. Afterwards, several years, going through the court procedures, 
and with the frivolous actions that have been taken in his course, Mr. Big Man went into the case himself from studying and studying and studying to find out that from the jump he's never been to court for his initial charge, which is your indictment, meaning that within itself Mr. Big Man previously sits in prison on a void indictment, meaning that he's never actually been into a, amongst a, a, a courtroom for the, the actual crime that lays on the paperwork, a computer file of his indictment, which is murder, intentionally premeditated, meaning that I was intentionally going to do something, which now is the motive of the whole case in itself. Right now, Mr. Big Man is fighting the situation in several federal courts that has held back on the appeal because there's really basically no way to get around your own documents. Many things show within the trial of this situation that even the the co-defendants that several testified spoke in terms of being state witnesses but turned around and told similar, I'm going to say similar actions of truth towards me in favor of the only reason you there because I'm afraid to be here because of the coercion of the district attorney again. As I state, and right now at this present moment, it's awaiting ruling in a district federal court. But things of this nature, Mr. Big Man is speaking out to let it be known that injustice sits highly at the top of the foreplay in Georgia and any other states. And there's many guys within these walls that sits behind here upon injustice, whether he's whoever they profess him to be or whatnot. Any situation, no one should be took and put in a situation that's not within the, the grounds of the law. If you're going to omit the law, omit it in the ways that it is written. And in this situation right here, Mr. Dickman within itself is caught up in the systematic I would say crookedness of the law, doing that he's sitting in incarceration right now with a void indictment. Many may not know of this because people look at it from the outside version. You've been to court, you've been sentenced, you was guilty. But not looking on the side of the process this has to go to to bring about this guilt and the measures that is being taken. Also within this, you have to recognize this is a human being's life that is being played by another person that is actually getting a check and a bonus if I convict you. So why wouldn't you want extra money just to speak to, so to say, ask yourself that? You know, so you would do certain drastic things to get what you need to be gotten. And at this point, Mr. Big Man becomes a victim of that state, as well as he was August 1998, being a victim in itself and turned around and getting the charge, crime charge of felony murder, as the DA would put it, accidentally killing his girlfriend, which in itself I'm going to explain to you again. If the crime charge had happened as the district attorney would have said it, I could no longer be in charge with anything but involuntary manslaughter, which would only lead to a longer sentence than 20 years of imprisonment. This is the defense. That she, this is the, the, the motive she brought towards the court with this in itself. So, Big, so, big, big Man, let me, ask you, let me ask you something, Big Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm sorry, excuse me for interrupting, but I just want to ask you a question just to be clear. Is your complaint, your biggest complaint, is the fact that the elements of this crime did not exist? True, indeed. The elements of this is that, crime it, did not exist. Okay. All right. Is that, is, that, is that what your biggest complaint is, that, is that the elements of the crime did not exist and that the prosecutor, in turn, 
uh, reworded or reformatted her indictment so that she could get an indictment uh, with the grand jury. Now, one of the things that you didn't mention was that they tried to seek an indictment on you, and it took them nine months or so to get that indictment, and they only achieved that indictment after um, after the, the district attorney reworded her indictment. Talk yes, about that. Yes. Tell the family about that. Okay. Well, within nine months of my incarceration, as I would say, Mr. Beckman never had an indictment, and I'm going to break it down to you in terms. You could be incarcerated, but without that indictment, you're still a suspect. You're never the actual person, or, or not saying that you're guilty at that time, but you're actually never the suspect to the point where, okay, you're the one that we're going to charge with this. Within that situation, I was incarcerated, as I would say, with no indictment at all for nine continuous months. But an indictment has been in front of the grand jury, and they couldn't render an indictment for the charge which she has taken me to court for now, which is the felony murder charge, which she prompted charges off the, the frivolous indictment that she got rendered in the grand jury after nine months later. Within within that within that time period, it had to be a situation to come up to get this case indicted, or no longer you would have a case. You would have to dismiss. And you can only take... the a case to the grand jury three times, I think, to be exact, within the law of the same charges. And the third time, that's when the charges came up on the different charges, but stated on other paperwork, still the same charge of felony murder. Meaning, big man, doing big it, man, we all, big man. Let me say this to you: We have some folks that are listening. I want you to know this: We have some people that are listening to you right now that are instant messaging me, and from what they gathered, they have already. Some of the folks are already saying that you shouldn't be there for life or a life sentence, that you should have been there for manslaughter, okay? So I just want to keep you aware of what's going on. Um, okay. And, okay. You, know, you and I talked earlier, so I want, to, I want to make sure you are aware of that. You know, some folks are already saying uh, that you shouldn't be on a life sentence, but you should be there for manslaughter. Yes, okay, I understand that. Okay. Okay. And then I have so go ahead. I'm Okay. Go ahead. Now, as I continue, the felony yeah, murder—the felony murder, which she never rendered an indictment for the felony murder, as like he said, the people that has been sending instant messages, true indeed, are supposed to have been charged with involuntary manslaughter. Never, never did I supposed to have the manslaughter, the malice murder. Excuse me, the malice murder indictment, which is privileged or being pushed towards the felony murder, which, which she pushed in court. Even during the state of being of, of the trial, I'm going to explain this. The judge himself, you know, actually, because he reads the indictment, but it, to the, uh, when, once he charged the jury, the judge himself reads that indictment through the jury charge of reading it to the juror. And during that jury charge, he has to read the actual indictment. And during reading the actual indictment, he's himself seen that, Oh, something is wrong. With close remembrance and transcript paperwork to be exact, he called both counselors, meaning my lawyer and the district attorney. Mind you, not that my lawyer and I had several problems due to money issues, not because of wouldn't give him the money, because you don't get nothing when you ain't presenting nothing, because I should not be here. You know, so we had problems to where he withdrew from the case. And at that time, the state within itself, when my case came to uh, the counter call on court, they pushed him to go in there. 
as a trial hearing uh, on the motion for new motion for new trial hearing, the trial lawyer states within itself that he knew not of any in, anything of the case to even go in and represent this case. Because speaking in terms of if, if he had more knowledge of it, the charge, the crime charge, may not have been that. Or I may not will be here, right here talking to you all right now because I would be out of here, meaning I would have never took it upon this experience within itself. So he was giving knowledge to the court that, you know, I don't know what's going on because I never had any knowledge of this case. I withdrew from the case and y'all appointed me back to his case, meaning that he never did any which what a, what, what a lawyer is supposed to do in investigation of anything that was going on, even with the indictment. It, would have, it should have been known through him. Now, as I state back to the judge of the jury charges, as he called him to the bench, you know, words was mumbled, as I would state. But to the fact of he has come into the indictment reading, he sees that's not the charge, that's a crime or that is charged that is in this courtroom today. As I say, it's felony murder. But when you read the indictment, which he has to read to the grand jury, it says murder, which is malice, which is intent premeditated, which this case is not in nowhere above that state. All this is a conspiracy towards the fact that Mr. Big Man was a person upon the streets that may have created some type of name. Now, within the court, we, we cannot let you go because as the instant messages came in, if the theory was just that of Mr. Big Man accidentally shooting his girlfriend and them being a victim and him firing back of something of that sort, the charges would have been involuntary manslaughter. With, all right, with Mr. Big Man. Uh-huh. All right, Mr. B- Mr. Big Man. All right, let me let me say this, and I hate to interrupt you, but let me say this to you. So let me. I'm trying to. Yeah, Carla, speak your mind. Everyone speak your mind, of course. That's, that's, this show is about folks speaking your minds, period. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Hey, Mr. Don E.O.T. Adams wants to put it out there. This is about everybody speaking their minds. I am not, I, I don't orchestrate or, uh, or or any of the above, you know, have anything to do with anyone's opinions, all right? So, but I want to say this to you, Mr. Big Man, you know, and just listening to your story myself, and then after I make this comment, I'm going to open the lines up because we've got some callers, man, that want to talk to you. Um. I'm going to say this to you, because in my opinion, as a former law enforcement officer, now you and I have talked, you know, I don't think that you being sent to jail was necessarily a wrong thing, but I do feel as though your jury and your judge allowed some things to go on that shouldn't have happened. Now, I do feel that you may have been sent away on a life sentence because of your previous reputation prior to you getting into the court system, prior to you getting into the court system on this particular case which I do think is wrong. Uh, but with that being said, you know, uh, you know, bruh, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, you know, with your lifestyle being what it was prior to this young lady losing her life, and if she was with you and if the DA was able to attach your lifestyle to that incident, then on some level it does make you culpable. Now, should you be in jail for the rest of your life? I don't believe so. Not at all. So I'm going to leave it at that. Now, I want to say this to you. Um, you know, we've got some folks that want to give you some comment or at least want to speak to you. And I'm going to open it up to, first of all, let's go with Carla B. first. Carla B., go ahead. No, I don't have to necessarily go first. Um, go okay, well, let's, I, I, I all right. Okay, um, Q, go ahead, Q. 
Okay, you have to. Hi, how you doing, big man? Um, you I'm have to excuse okay. me because my phone was kind of going in and out. If I miss anything and 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 you have to kind of uh, retrace whatever you're saying, you know, you have to apologize for that. But my question, my first question actually is, of all the people that were there, and the people that were in the car and not in the car, why did they choose you as their number one suspect? As I would state, the reputation that was looked upon at, on my name during it when I was on the streets because as soon as they found out that I was one of the individuals in the car, all the attention went to me just as the fact that no one ever was investigated that was on the outside of this car, meaning that it was it was as my, uh, six individuals in the car. So, I, Big I, Man, would you... Big man, what you're saying is that the police never follow any other leads, and simply because of who you were, you became the focus of you. You became the focus of their investigation. Off top, the focus of their investigation. Well, you know, I'm gonna say this to you, brother. That's a hell of a reputation. Um, that's almost like taking a fox and putting them in the hen house and saying all the chickens are missing. Did the fox eat? Did the fox eat all the hens? You, you follow where I'm going? And I don't know your reputation, but I'm saying that that's very odd because I mean, and, and you know, and I think and Q, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But um, that's very strange that the police would only lock in on one person. Right. That's why I'm asking that. Okay. I would like to say this. You know, normally through any crime, I'm speaking in the terms of law because that's what it's based off of on this issue. Normally with any crime, no matter what situation occurs, if there's a death there on the scene, and anybody within that, that presence of that, meaning that they was in this car at that time, would have all the initial charges. One individual would never get the charges. Everyone amongst that car would have those same charges. Well, big man, now listen, that depends, on the na- that depends on the nature of the case. Now, here's one thing that we all need to remember, is that cases each have an individual life to them. In other words, circumstances vary from case to case. So whereas a group of people may go out and commit, and someone in that group may commit a crime, that person may be charged with it versus another set of circumstances where a group may go out and that group may be charged with that crime. So circumstances vary when it comes to that. Here's somebody else that wants to speak to you, too, as well. Uh, 909-749, you're on the air with the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. How you doing, uh you know, I just wanted to say one thing about what he's going through because I do personally know someone that's in a very similar situation. And if, if if there's all facts and truth behind what you're saying, man, may God be with you because sometimes people are used as an example. And there is some cases when the police would just say, hey, you're here, you're the one, let's do it. It, it happens like that a lot out here in Cali. So if this is a truthful story, man, may God bless you with it. And that's all I want to say about that. Right, we appreciate you. we appreciate those comments. We appreciate those comments. Um, I want to um, if I can say something right now, um, Don. This is Carla B. Okay. Okay. Um, and big man, I, I've listened to you know what you shared, and I've also had the opportunity to listen to you on on previous shows, previous um, shows with Don Adams. Um, you know, just my take on the whole situation is that you know it was an unfortunate situation. Somebody died. What I think happened with your situation is that, yeah, they use you as a scapegoat, as you said. You were the at the at the particular time, you were the the main person, um, I guess with the with the worst reputation ever, and um, 
and I could definitely see them, you know, putting you in jail for involuntary manslaughter because your ex-girlfriend was in the car with you as long as well as some other people, and um, you guys were probably out doing, you know, gang activities because you stated that she was a gang banger also, and unfortunately she she passed away, you know, behind the activities that you guys were doing in the street. So I, I could definitely see them putting like involuntary manslaughter on you, but not to put you in jail for life. Um, I think maybe. Um, some of the reasons behind this is that they, you know, you prejudice, um, maybe I'm not saying this right correctly, but when you went in front of the judge, I don't know if you had an attorney or if it was a, a public defender or what have you, but just my opinion, I just feel like if you got on the stand or, and tried to, you know, speak for yourself, um, they weren't, they weren't hearing it, period. They, you know what I'm saying, to, to them, you look like a gangbanger, you were a known gangbanger, and they wanted to put you down, period. And that's unfortunate that they didn't even um, really seek to find the true killer, but I just feel like they used um, your background, you know, against you in this. And um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I mean, I don't understand how the jury convicted you of, you know, of the murder and put you in jail for life. And I don't, you know, I'm not too versed in the criminal system as far as how it goes, as far as involuntary manslaughter, manslaughter, and what have you. But I, I do think that it was an unfortunate situation. I think that your your past, you know, um, and probably your testimony, you know, helped to, you know, hang you, um, so to speak. And and that's what's unfortunate unfortunate about that. You're, you're right. Not only that. Uh, to me, you know, your 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 race actually was your also was another name in uh, your your conviction as well. But I also have another problem. Excuse me, question. This is Q again. Um, besides your past, um, your, your gang ties, affiliations, and anything else bad, what was um, what was uh, uh, any other basis of them naming you as a, a prime suspect? What, what were the other anything else that was was that would be a key uh, a play to them naming you as suspect besides your past, you know? It wouldn't basically be no other key because, as I stated, see, amongst this situation, they couldn't put anything towards me until they later found out who I was at the time. Like I said, they had the other guys apprehended just as I, you know, because, like I said, this was my girl. You know, being that we is a victim of the situation, you know, I went to get help and came back. I got pulled over right by the the, the police at the moment Big of man. Me going back to the thing. Uh huh. Big man, let me ask you a question. All right, let me ask you a question. Right. And this is kind of going to be what Q is asking because Q, uh, this is going to kind of piggyback off what Q asked you. But I'm going to make this question a little bit more complicated than what she mentioned, how she put it, because I have a law enforcement background and I am a former investigator. So let me let me just say this to you. When you went to trial, and you are always going to be made privy of the information that's going to be held against you, when you went to trial, Q, I'm, I'm sorry, not, I didn't mean to say Q, but when you went to trial, big man, uh, number one, was there a weapon of caliber that was established as the weapon that took her life? Yes or no? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, now, here's the other question. The weapon of caliber that was established, now, was it was this weapon recovered? Yes, it was recovered. The weapon in the car. They recovered weapons from the car. Okay. Now, the weapon that was recovered was this weapon found to be your weapon with your fingerprints? No. Within that night, they did a swab test on me right there. Everything on me came back positive. 
they did a, a handprint test on the gun at the crime lab. He, he was doing trial the crime lab. You know, he, like he, he went berserk to the point where the lawyer asked him, "Did my fingerprints appear on the gun?" He was like, "No, but he's the guilty party." You know what I'm saying? It's well, like, so, oh, so, oh, but, but, but here's where I'm going. Was it ever established within your trial at any point in time that this weapon that was found to be the weapon, because they tested this gun, I'm assuming, with ballistics yeah, they and, proved that, yeah. and proved that this weapon was the one that, that was responsible for taking this young lady's life. Was it ever found at any point during your trial that you were the person to be in possession of this weapon during the time that this young lady was killed? No. They spoke okay. on it doing. They, hold up. Let me say this. They spoke on it doing the, the transcripts, or I would say statements of the co-defendants. But as they stood trial, they never put the put, put, uh, the possession of the gun in my hand. Okay. Here's someone else at two two nine that wants to talk to you, big man. Two two nine three two six. You're on the air with the Don Adams Junior Talk Show. Go with your comments, please. Actually, hello, I'm Wifey, this a big man's wife, and I was just tuning in and listening to everything that you all were saying. Good deal. Um, my husband neglected to also let you guys know that um, um, the lady that did the firearm examination on the weapon, just last year she just lost her job because she's been falsifying firearm documents. So, you know, I just wanted to kind of point that out. Oh, absolutely. You know what? And I remember you talking to me about that before, which was also something that piqued my interest. Let me go ahead and share with the family who uh, what this one, who this woman is. Uh, what she is talking about is a, is a woman who was a firearms examiner, who's, who up until the point that this took place in her career, she's very popular in the state of Georgia. She was used as a forensics examiner in firearms in a lot of GBI cases. For those of you who are not familiar, GBI is the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Every state has a Bureau of Investigation. She was responsible for examining and testifying in many, many cases uh, and identifying weapons and connecting these weapons to specific crimes up to and including aggravated assault, murder cases, uh, and other uh, more serious cases other than those. And what was found was that, uh, I think it was a year and a half to two years ago, was that this young lady that she is speaking of right now was found to have lied uh, on several of the cases that she uh, uh, testified on in court. And when her testimony came out, they found out that she, not only did she lie and misrepresent, but what she had done was just straight up just falsified information. And her excuse for all of that was because she was overworked and she did not have help. Uh, in, 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 in working some of these cases. Now, with that being said, I want the family to understand this. Being a former law enforcement officer myself, any time you have an officer of any magnitude that functions in the criminal justice system that has been found guilty of what I have just described to you, every case after that or prior to that, okay, every single case becomes, every single case becomes questionable as to the legitimacy of what this officer did and did not do. In other words, in the, in the system of law, you cannot have A if you skip, you cannot have B if you skipped over A to get B. And this is why, I'm glad you called in to remind us of that, this is why, uh, you know, that's key in, in Big Man's case. It's because the person, the firearms examiner, okay, later on, 
was proved to be discredited as far as her testimony in cases that she was responsible for. Now, with that being said, I want to open up the line. I want to ask Carla B., what's your opinion on that? I'm sorry. I missed that last point. I'm going back and forth from a couple of different shows. Um, can you repeat that, that last part? Um, I was saying that the, the examiner, the firing examiner in Big Man's case that testified in court to have him convicted, okay, testified on behalf of the prosecutors, um, was found, later found to be basically a liar. Found that she falsified information previously. And I explained to the family that in any jurisdiction, once an officer, I don't care if you've been in, I don't care if you've been in office for 20 years, uh, for 200 years, once an officer of that, uh, once an officer has been found to have lied in court about a particular case or about anything as it, as it pertains to convictions, every case thereafter becomes questionable. And right. all of those okay. cases have to be reserved, re- reviewed especially in a situation where you're talking about a firearms examiner, such as this lady. This right, case came right. about a year and a half ago, and this woman was found to have lied openly in court, willingly, about cases that she had testified on and had people sent to jail on. Right. So right. what do you think about that? And this I mean, is the I same, think that's, this is I same mean, examiner think, right. who testified in Big Man's case. Okay, and I think this, you know, definitely um, unfortunate. Um, they should... You know, he should definitely do something or, or get a new attorney so they can be able to dig deep into that so they can um, go ahead and, and open up his case. Um, but, you know what I'm saying, I mean, I don't I, I don't want to sound like hopeless or anything like that, so I'm, I'm definitely going to, you know, keep positive with it. I, I do feel like it's, um, Big Man is in an unfortunate situation at this time because it's not fair for him to be in um, jail for life for something that he should be, you know, have been accused of or charged with involuntary manslaughter. So I would say to him, um, definitely you want to, you know, I don't know if you're already in the um, the jail library doing your research, maybe putting some kind of fundraiser together with your family and your friends. Uh, maybe even Don can come, you know, you know um, come up with you to help, um, you know, create some kind of fundraiser so you can get a new attorney um, and, and so they can be able to dig deep into all that stuff because that's the only way it's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Money talks. You, you can also go through, um, you know, if, if you share your story with enough people, um, a, a lot of universities, you know, um, ch- um, students that are going, you know, to be attorneys, they, um, you know, have a lot of different advocacy programs for um, people who were um, char- wrongfully charged. And, you know, if you write letters to them and if they believe in your case, they could definitely fight for you. But something needs to happen, um, and this is a great forum to start. Um, I don't want to you know, necessarily, you know, continue to share some of my thoughts because they're not going to necessarily, you know, help your situation. So with that, I'm, I'm you know, I'm just going to be quiet, and I, I do wish you all the best. All right. Let me – Q, I know you have some comments on that as well, Q. I, I can feel your vibe over there. But before I let you do that, Q, um, I want to say this to the family. I want to put some information out there because y'all know I love statistics. And I want to say this, and then Q, as soon as I'm done with these statistics, I want to hear your comments on this, on what I just asked Carla B. Um, for those of you who don't believe that false convictions can happen, um, let me say this, and this is what I'm reading. Y'all can go to the Innocence Project at uh, www.innocenceproject. You can pull up information I'm pulling up now. Races of the 255 exonerees, um, since uh, this project began, 151 of them have been African-Americans, okay? Now, people say that white folks have it easy. 77 of them have been Caucasians. 
21 of them have been Latinos. Only two have been Asian Americans, and four have been with races unknown. Now, I'm going to say those numbers one more time. 151 of them have been African Americans. 77 of them have been Caucasians. 21 of them have been Latinos, and two have been Asian Americans. Four races have not been, or their races have not been determined. And I say that to say this to you, family. False convictions happen. And at the end of the day, whether a big man is right or whether he's wrong, here's my point. At the end of the day, if you felt like you were innocent and you were passionate enough about it, wouldn't you want someone else to listen to you? So I'll say that to say this. Go ahead with your comment, Q. Well, um, as far as the lady, um, I don't know who she is, but um, I feel that, you know, as a, a peace officer, a sworn peace officer, I'm assuming that she is some kind of officer, um, she was sworn in um, to uphold the law, and she has a greater obligation to uphold the law. And for her to blatantly just lie, just outright lie, I feel that uh, she should be taken to trial and she should be charged with perjury. You know, because I think her ass needs to be harsh-whipped. You know, somebody else's life that she's messing with, you know, and... You know, the things that he has to endure in the prisons, you know, a lot of us don't know the things that you have to, you have to kind of, from what I understand, sleep with one eye open. You know, you can't trust anybody. You know, your life is always in danger, you know. For her, you know, to do something like that, she she really, I mean, just beyond ashamed, you know. I, I'm, it is, it's, it's ridiculous. She should go to jail, for real. That's how I feel, you know, because... For you know this man to have to endure, and I'm not saying that uh, some of the things that um, uh, happened to him he did not bring upon himself, um, because you know a lot of things that you bring upon yourself you have to actually look at, you know it'll come back to haunt you. You know your past comes back to haunt you. Those skeletons, you know they still have some meat on the bone, you know, so it comes back to haunt you. But for her just to outright lie like that, just to get a conviction, whatever under her belt, whatever, whatever, excuse me, belt, whatever other uh, uh, medal, trophy, or high five, or pat on the back, or promotion, or whatever she thought she was getting, that 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 was wrong, you know. And I and I truly apologize, and my heart goes out to you. Quick question, quick question for for Don and for Big Man. Um, now, this particular lady, what, what you what you read, Don, um, that wasn't Big Man's case. That was something just recently happened a year ago. And what you're no, stating no, no, is no, that no. since no. uh huh, he was speaking in terms of no, it's not my case that she actually lied in. But see, once that you're see being like the uh, the Miss that spoke said, once you're sworn in, you're to fulfill that duty. So you can't lie on one case and all know, the rest uh, don't count. Hold on, big man. Let her let her finish that question, big man. Okay. No, I was just. Yeah, I think he answered it because you know my case. The question was, I just wanted some clarity on um, if she that that case a year ago was that York was that big man's case or no. somebody else's. I understand now that that was somebody else's, and they want um, her to be able to you know someone to be able to go back and, and open up all her other cases. But you know what? Um, they're not going to do that. You know, because they look at it, they they look, okay, they say, okay, all these, um, you know, these, you know, convicted criminals, um, you know, most of them probably well, already had a, well, a, a well, record or whatever. It, uh, huh? Well, no, wait a minute, Carla. I'm going to say this to you. Now, and I'll say this to you. 
Um, there is a strong possibility that they will do that. And, I'm, and, I, and I'll say this because I know that you probably don't know what this procedure is. And this is for those families that's out there that are dealing with this particular set of circumstances. Anytime you have an investigator, a forensics investigator, or anyone that's connected with your case that has, you have found that has lied in any capacity in court, your case is reviewable. But the, here's the trick, is that you have to have an attorney who is going to be willing to go to court, file an appeal, and go and argue your case. Oftentimes what happens is these things cost money, and that's why it doesn't happen as often. Because a lot of those folks that are in prison are destitute. They're in prison. They don't have an income. And nine out of ten times, they don't have a family that's out there that has the money uh, and who's able to fight for them. And that's why the Georgia Court of Appeals comes into play. But here's the thing. Those appeals attorneys, they are fit right along with the, the with the defender's office, the public defender's office, because those attorneys are not paid attorneys. They're not getting money in their pockets. They're often overworked, underpaid, and really, to be honest with your family, they don't give a shit. So at the end of the day, unless you have someone in your family who has a pot, a wife full of money, and they're able to go and stand up and say, you know what, I'm going to fight for you because I love you, and they have the money to pay an attorney to file uh, file an appeal in your specific case, it won't happen. I got a question for Big Man, if I can ask him this question in regards to his um, his um, girlfriend um, being killed. Um, what um, kind of relationship, if any, do you um, have with her family, and how do they feel about you being in jail for life? Well, mm, that's a good question. That's a good question. The point of that, you know, in the beginning, you know, everything was cool, but, you know, dealing with the family, the district attorney going to play her part and speak things in the ear of these people, you know what I'm saying? So at the moment, I wouldn't say that it's on shaky ground. It's just not all the way towards my corner because they lost someone, just like, you know, She's not there with them right now. This is I'm not there with my family, you know. So that'll play more of a part than what's really going on, you know. So people so so in on emotions. So big man. So it's fair to say this, and I'm gonna help the answer to this question a little bit. So it's fair to say this. Right now, her family hates you. I wouldn't say hate me. You know what I'm saying? Because I I deal with they hold they hold you. Well, let's say this. They hold you responsible directly they hold me for what happens to her. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, but I I do communicate with her daughter. You know, the the youngest one at the time during our relationship that was around, I do communicate with her, you know. But mm-hmm. doing towards like mother or something of that nature, you know what I'm saying? You know, she looked at it being that it's more my responsibility because we was together at that time. Mm-hmm. All right, family, stand by. We're going to take a commercial break. When I have some advertisement that I need to put out there, we've got to pay the bill. Um, you listen to the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show, and for those of you who are waiting to call in, the lines are packed, and I know you're out there. Uh, I'm going to put the number out there for you to give us a call so you can talk with Big Man. But before we do that, I'm going to take us to a commercial break, and when we come back, We'll go ahead and put that information out there. We're talking to Big Man, brother who's currently incarcerated under what he believes is a wrongful conviction. And so far, family, keeping score, he might be 1-0. and I'll be right back, family. Stick with us on the Don Anderson You Talk Show. Have you been wishing for an alternative night to get all dressed up and have a good time. Club Revolution, 1327 West Colton Avenue, Redlands, California, 92374. Live music. Cover charge is $10, VIP $25, 21 and over. 
Dress code, dress to impress. No tennis shoes, no baseball cap, no tees for the grown and sexy. Come on, California. Location, Club Revolution, July 28th, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. Come on, y'all, let's get in the game. Hit us up, getinthegame.webs.com. All right, this has been brought to you by EOTM Radio. Urban Literary Review, where literature and urban meet. Hosted weekly by Tia from DC Bookman and Martin from Culture First. Urban Literary Review comes on Blog Talk Radio. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Urban Literary Review. Urban Literary Review comes on twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Our mission is to shine a positive light on the urban literary industry by promoting literature and discussing issues that are pertinent to the growth of the industry. In addition to being an online radio show, Urban Literary Review also provides authors with promotion to over 15,000 African American readers for only $99 per month. So don't forget to listen and tune in each week every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. on Blog Talk Radio forward slash Urban Literary Review. Or check us out for more information at www.myspace.com forward slash Urban Tumbling Day. That's right. Seven on a day. In the morning and face the sun like you bounce on my love and uh it's airtight. Sometimes I'm curious on how you feel when you're screaming out my name. Is it really for reality? Originality, my mentality. Explore every possibility. Let's get down. Short time will reveal the only true test is pain. You know the deal. Love appears like bright lights in the night sky. Disappears in the blink of the teary That's why I'm being caught up in your love. You are incredible. Your love was a drug. Hold me down. I don't know, but oh, I like the sound. You are a 
Welcome back, family, to another edition of the Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. Today, tonight, family, we're talking about a man who believes he's falsely convicted, a man living with a false conviction. Very serious topic, family. Um, you know, big man. We brought him on board, give his story, put it out there. And I want to put some more information out there. And, I, and for those of you have, who have not been tuned into the show uh, as of yet, uh, I'm not going to recap because, we're, we're, you know, I, I want to utilize most of the time that we have. Y'all know I love statistics. But I want to put some information out there. And this is what, uh, to support, I guess, to kind of, you know, let folks know why it is that I felt that this show was as important as I think it is. Uh, you know, there's a lot of. I'm, I'm, let me let me give these these numbers again. Uh, of the innocent uh, of the people that have been exonerated in the United States as of to date, uh, and I don't I don't have a specific date as to when they started keeping track of this, but 151 of them have been African Americans, 77 of them have been Caucasians, 21 have been Latinos, two have been Asian Americans. Okay, four. Their race has never been has not been uh, ignored or is unknown. Let's just say it like this. But here's something that I think you all should realize is what happens. Some of the leading leading causes of wrongful convictions uh, have to do with number one, uh, eyewitness misidentification testimony when someone thinks that they saw something they didn't see. Uh, Unvalidated or improper forensic science. Okay, that means that somebody didn't follow the command. Uh, that means that someone didn't follow the chain of command, or they didn't handle the evidence correctly, and that, as a result, ended up with someone being uh, convicted. Okay, these things do happen, family. False confessions or incriminating statements. Incriminating statements is huge, family, because I want you all to understand this. Every single person in the United States of America, whether you are a legal citizen or not, has the ability or should have the right or has the right to exercise the Fifth Amendment, which means you have the right to remain silent so that nothing you say can and you can and all will be used against you. Not in big man's case, but in cases, in any interaction that you have with the police, it's important for you to understand one thing, family, that you have the right to remain silent. I don't care if it's just a traffic ticket. If a police officer asks you, have you been drinking tonight, exercise your Fifth Amendment right. If he asks you where you're going, exercise your Fifth Amendment right. These rights are very important because what I just said to you was false confessions and incriminating in the mind of the police officer, okay, in the mind of a police officer, when you make a statement that he feels, he feels, not you, but he feels incriminates you, this is where you're going to end up. Behind bars. Because now, at 10 times, you're going to take you to jail. Then you have to go through the process of proving yourself innocent. Now, snitches. That's another one. Snitches are those folks that tell. Now, I know that they're coming out with this don't snitch campaign or this snitch campaign, don't be afraid to tell campaign. But you know what? Here's the tragedy to all that. When they start rewarding people for snitching or telling on other people, how many times is it going to come about where someone has told on you or snitched on you and it was misinformation. Because when you're getting paid, economic times being as hard as they are, who gives a damn uh, whether or not, you know, hey, it's accurate or inaccurate? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the prosecutor doesn't care. He's supposed to care, but the prosecutor doesn't care. So with that being said, uh, you know, I'm going to open up the line again for Q. I know you have some comments that you want to put out there, Q. Go with it, baby. Um, 
Uh, as far as um, comments, actually, I had another question. Um, if that would be possible. Yes, go ahead, sweetie. I just, okay, I just wanted to know what what efforts are being made um, by you or from you know your attorney um, to either work on getting you out or getting another trial. I have a pain on attorney, you know, because myself, it, it, I see he's no different from just the the, the, the present is known. I see myself to where I've grown with this situation. Now, you know, I've been incarcerated uh, 11 years and a half right now. So I've went into this situation myself as to check things out and have dealt with lawyers just on information as, you know, writing them, talking to them on the point of pushing things their way and getting their, you know, objective on it, you know, and it's all accuracy, and which which I've researched and which I've got, you know. So I've, I've put it more to the point I went pro se and, and doing certain things with this case because of the situation at hand. I know that being that, you know, as you stated earlier, she should be put in jail, you know, and other uh, officials may not feel that way, meaning that, you know, I look at it towards this case, a certain individual has to walk with this and be no holds bars when you go towards, when you push this case. But mind you not, as I say, I have a motion, a motion right now pending in the Middle District Federal Court. Amongst so the cute. So, so big man, big. Wait, wait, hold on, Q. I want to make sure. I want to make sure. I want to make sure your question was answered first. So, Q. Okay. I mean, a uh, big man. Okay. So, big man, what you're saying is that you you are currently handling your own appeals and your own yeah. legal efforts. I've been doing my own legal efforts for several years okay. now on the pro. Okay. You know, okay. You know. All right. Go ahead, Q. Uh, I mean, well, just in case you know anybody else wants to to know it uh, you know no question i i feel is silly but i just want to know you know how are you i mean really how are you as far as your mental state because i know this is probably your worst nightmare it will be anybody's worst nightmare i i would say that that's a good question too q because i would state this you know what i'm saying i'm not going to sit here and say big man was a saint in in this, in this, in, this, in its entirety but I can say within this, all this, you know, just as the things the uh, district attorney did to put me in here, you know, away from my loved ones and all, during this situation, you know, I didn't really just sit back. I learned not to sit back and lean on the problem. My thing was to attack myself. And, and as Carla said, you know, the lifestyle that I was living, it prompts certain situations, and I understood that all this came from that, whether I was innocent or guilty. So, I became more conscious of dealing with myself first before I even just before I attacked the case to get the understanding of who Mr. Big Man was in his entirety before I present myself as well as this case back to the people which you know presented it to me, you know. So mm-hmm. as for from the jump, you gonna look at me like she said if I sat on this stand earlier, you know, you look at me as a game banger. But beyond the status of you know my demeanor, you know, what I'm saying check out the person for which who I've become, you know, the character in this person, the calm, cool spirit of this person, you know, one that's on more of a positive note, you know. And I went I went to say because you know, I believe wholeheartedly in the you know, the uh, God of the universe that this has been a bad effort because within itself, Mr. Big Man has helped himself by conquering himself, you know what I'm saying? Not a thing is about it, you know, because I know I will be walking with on with within those grounds, maybe even meeting you all within a couple of uh, whoever knows, you know, months uh, or something of that nature, to the point that, you know. Big man, let me let me, let me let me put something else out there for the family since you're at that point. I know earlier in the show, man, you mentioned that uh, the elements of your crime were not there. 
Now, everyone, and, I, I, and I'm putting this information out there for those of you who are legal savvy and for those of you who are not. For those of you who are not legal savvy, elements of a crime are the standards to which the prosecutor has to reach up and prove that beyond a reasonable doubt you committed this crime. And this is what he was speaking on earlier when he mentioned that, hey, at the end of the day, there was no intent because he kept saying that there was no intent. Now, we we don't know for certain because we haven't clarified that on this show as to whether or not that weapon that was responsible for this young lady's demise was actually his weapon unless he wants to clear that up. We don't know that. But what I what, what I think that what he was alluding to was the fact that a jury in any case must be convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that the defendant has committed each element of a particular crime charged during uh, before they before they can reach a verdict of not guilty of a verdict of guilty. Now, with that being said, some of you may say, "What are elements, and what do these elements mean?" Well, let me give you the four elements of a crime. A jury, before they can decide that you are guilty of a crime, must decide mental state, which is legally termed as mens rea, which refers to the criminal's or the person accused's state of mind. They must also uh, determine actus reus, which is his conduct, which means that, hey, this guy acted unlawfully and with omission, uh, uh, acted either unlawfully or by omission and caused the death of this person. The third element is concurrence. In general, mens reas and actus reas must occur at the same time, which establishes concurrence. And the final one is causation. Uh, causation must be proved. In other words, uh, for example, a homicide requires a killing. Aggravated battery requires a serious bodily injury. Uh, and without this outcome, no crime would have been committed. In other words, causation meaning, guess what, your actions. Uh, caused this, and if had you not committed these actions, then this outcome would not have been achieved. So I hope I explained that to those of you who do not understand what uh, elements of, of a crime are. And this is what Big Man was saying, is that in his case, the elements of the crime could not have been there because he did not have the intent to do or to commit this crime which in some cases prosecutors are allowed to skip over some of these requirements. Now, I say that to say this, that in itself is wrong because it is the judge and the prosecutor's duty to ensure that all of those elements are reached in each and every criminal trial that they approach. Now, with that being said, Carla, I know you have some comments. What are they? Actually, I don't right now. Okay. I'm just listening, that's all. Mm-hmm. Okay, Q, what's up? Um, same thing, just kind of listening in, trying to let okay. things um, sink in All right. my head about this. Oh. Uh, okay, 909-749. I know you have some comments. You're on the line. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm still on the line, man, and I'm just I'm just in full agreement with what you're saying, and I'm very impressed. This show has been very knowledgeable for me, and I didn't know things like this were still happening. Uh, I know I've heard about it, and I hope that it, you know everything works out in your favor, sir. Only if you're you're you know innocent in this, of course. But um, I'm just I'm just fascinated and almost speechless, like Carla B and Queen and Q. I'm I'm just speechless. This is amazing and it's a wonderful show, man. And God bless you guys. Okay. I, I have All a question, right. real fast, for Big Man. All right. Um, Big Man. Um, are, do you know of any efforts on, on from anyone 
that's trying to rectify the situation as far well not even rectify but um as far as the lady who the what was she called the gun examiner uh mm-hmm. that lied on you are there anything that's going to happen to her or 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 what the deal is yeah, with yeah. that yeah the she's been, she's she's been fired yeah. <laughs> okay Go ahead, if she's been fired then why haven't they why have not what did they Explain to you why. See, this is how this, this is how they have. I, I understand where you're getting at, Carla. Let me under, let me break it down to you. Like, you know, Don's there. That's Q. That's not Carla. Q. <laughs> oh, Q. Oh, okay, Q. Let's break it down to you. See, the elements of this meaning what you're saying about the woman being fired. See, they leave it in the hands of the incarcerated ones. See, once you're convicted, they don't care. You got to fight this situation. So, like you say, financials and everything plays a certain part. But if no one speaks on it from your ass, state, no one cares. That's the thing about it. You know, so the courts don't care if, okay, she was, okay, she lied on this case. And within itself, it's wrong. And when it's itself, any case where she's still trial at, this to go back. But they leave that for the incarcerated mind to do. All that work has to chunk in from them, like uh, Don said earlier about getting a lawyer or, you know, filing motions within the court, speaking that, okay, this person sat in within my trial and, you know, she was also, she admitted to her wrongs within his, I needed to be checked out. They leave all of that you know, relied on the convicted one. You know, see, being that it's pointed that way, you and like Don said earlier, you don't see, it, it goes to the fact that you don't see as many people because a lot of times the guys that be incarcerated don't pay them much attention to push back because they, they don't have enough help to do that. You know, they, the ears to them is like death out there in that world, you know, to a lot of people because once a person is encaged, the majority thinks you already are guilty of what. Well, you know what? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this, big man. Once you've been convicted of a crime, and once you've been released, society doesn't give a shit about you. So, let alone the fact that you're still serving time for this crime, they really don't give a shit about you because people yeah. tend to believe. People tend to believe this: that prosecutors and police officers are doing their jobs diligently. <laughs> Family, that's not true. And I'm telling you right now that these people are human just like you do. If you decided you want to take a short a shortcut on changing the oil on your car, well, I can make it one more week without my oil being changed, and all of a sudden your engine goes out. Well, they do the same thing. Well, I can make this case and not worry about necessarily proving that this is what it is. They do the same exact thing. Here's where I'm going with this, family. Counties and these jurisdictions that allow these prosecutors to do the things that they do should be held accountable. Here in Atlanta recently, there was a woman who was locked up and put in jail and charged with disorderly conduct because she did not want to move off of a sidewalk. Actually, what she did was she asked the police officer, excuse me, officer, why am I being made to leave the sidewalk and it's a public place? The officer said, to hell with you, I'm locking you up. Well, she got $20,000 out of that because witnesses stepped up and said, you know what, she did nothing wrong. Here was another case, a woman here, a white lady here in Georgia, was accused of 22 counts of child molestation, 22 counts. It was found that the prosecutors in her case used witnesses that were not qualified to be experts to testify on behalf of these children that she supposedly molested to seek seek a conviction on her. She is currently suing the state for the money that she has lost for her defense. So what am I saying, family? A lot of people think that because prosecutors have what's called autonomy. Y'all know what autonomy is? Well, let me explain to you what autonomy is. Autonomy is that literal cliche in the law that allows prosecutors to prosecute people like you and I relentlessly, regardless of how 
little or how much evidence exists in your case. Because the law says we want our prosecutors to go after you regardless of what is or isn't there. And they have given them this. Police officers act under what's called colors of the law. In other words, when they go to court, they can say, I locked you up, but oops, I did it because I was acting as a police officer at the time. I believed that this is what took place. Well, here's the thing to it, family. If you can in turn go to court and say, you know what, you shouldn't have locked me up. You, but and for y'all that are listening, understand me clearly, you have to go to federal court, not state court for this part that I'm giving you right here. If you can go to federal court and say, you know what, and anybody can file anything in federal court and get a jury to listen to it, because that's what court is about. It's to, it's to, it's to listen to the sides that are involved and for the jury to decide who's right and who's wrong. If you feel like you've been wrongfully arrested, wrongfully convicted, you go to federal court and you file the proper paperwork and you go to court and you say, you know what, you had no business arresting me. And you let a jury decide, just like they tried to get hang your ass in, in, in state court. And if that jury comes back and says, you know what, they shouldn't have arrested you, guess what? That little clause that I just mentioned that has to do with autonomy and has to do with colors of the law, it doesn't mean squat. Because guess what? The jury in a federal court is going to overrule whatever the state said. Because state court supersedes, I mean, federal court supersedes state court. So it's important for everybody to understand that. Prosecutors and police officers do what they do because not many people know and understand that, guess what, even if they do make a mistake and lock you up and put you in jail, even if they do secure conviction on you, guess what? There is, of course, a reprisal, and that's what my point is. Any comments on that, ladies and gentlemen? Um, oh, well. You know what? One thing that I, I was going to ask, because I don't know what uh, his race was, it kind of seems, I was wondering... The people who convicted you, the, the jury who convicted you, um, if I may, what, what race were they? You had, I would say, you had black and you had majority white, so, mm-hmm. you know. You know. Hmm. Was it all like one way? Was it everybody agreed or was it some people that didn't My agree? My thing or? was this right here because the appeal attorney told me afterwards that he interviewed some of the jurors. All was undecided. It's more like, you know. Like Don said earlier, it's a rush thing. You know, you got everyday, you got everyday people doing something that they don't do, and then they have other things that you you're not uh, a standard in their life to say, okay, I want to spend my time right here dealing with your situation. You know, so you know, being that they was all undecided, you know, they they was rushed to make uh, a verdict. Okay, I'm gonna just go ahead and, and, and do this, you know, and get on because, like I said, you know, the appeal attorney spoke to some of the jurors, and that was let be no, let known to to him from the jury's mm-hmm. mouth within itself, you know. Interesting. Yeah, if, if, if I may, um, um, Hello? Don, if I may, you know, sometimes I feel that a lot of times the public also don't care because a lot of times it's always said that this is on taxpayers' dollars. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people are looking at that, you know, why well, I'm paying for this, we need to hurry up and have a speedy uh, trial. You know, they, they're always wanting a speedy trial, you know, without, you know, the, the necessary or the proper... Um, documentation getting out, you know, so that the jury can make an informed decision. So that, that's just yeah, right. absolutely. You're, yeah, you're absolutely you're absolutely correct, Q. And you know what? We got another call on the line for you too, uh, uh, big man. Seven seven zero three six seven. You're on the air with Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. Go with your comments, please. Seven seven zero. Oh, actually, all right. Nine five one. You're on the air with Don Adams Jr. Talk Show. Go with your comments, please. Okay. All right. We're losing callers just as quick as we're getting them. Caller B, you got a comment on any of that stuff we just mentioned? 
Well, great stuff. You love putting people on the spot, don't you? Can't get a call up for me. You know, what, I'm, you know what? I am not showing you no relief. I ain't showing you no damn relief. None. But none. Well, no, what I want to say is, you know, um, if if what you're saying is true today, big man, um, then definitely I would, um, you know, tell you to get your butt into that law, law library um, as, as much as you can. And and I think that you've created like some some kind of camaraderieship with with Don E O T M Adams, and as you see, when he's passionate about something, he definitely you know um, does a lot of research. I, I know already on his behalf that he's already done some stuff for you as far as making phone calls, you know, touching bases with district attorney's office and, and this and that. So you got somebody um, definitely that'll be on your team 100. Um, percent you know, if you're saying what you're saying, and that's if that's true, I know he'll be behind you 100. percent So I would, well, one thing I got, um, and this is the last thing I'll say tonight, is definitely keep your head up. Um, you know, um, I'm not judging you, and and I don't feel like um, no one should, you know, judge you for you know what you've done in the past. I think that you've already kind of made amends with that within yourself and your the victim family and and your family. And um, and you just want to move forward, and, and you want some kind of life for yourself, and I definitely want that for you as well. So, um, good luck with your fight. Mm, interesting. You know what? I said something at the beginning of the show, and it was a quote, and I want to repeat this quote because I think it's important for us to understand and to 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 to, to digest this quote. Now, whether you want to accept it or not, it's your personal choice. But we all have strength enough to endure the misfortunes of others. In other words, it's always easy to stand on the outside of the fence and say, ooh, this is what you could have, should have, would have done. This is what I, 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 But at the end of the day, guess what? When it comes to you making that journey, how are you going to fare with the weather on that journey? Now, I say that to say this, big man, do you have any comments on that particular quote? Uh, uh, saying that how people view the situation, being that they could be in this situation? Basically this. All right, let me say if I can say it another way. At the end of the day, it's always easier for someone to have a lot of energy, a lot of uh, uh, comments, and a lot of uh, 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 sort of, uh, uh, let's go get it done when they're not involved in it directly. But when it comes time for you to put the gloves on and for you to walk the walk, because in your situation, brother, you are walking the walk. I'm not walking this walk with you. And neither is anyone else on this panel or on this, on this show walking this walk with you. So my comment, or actually my question for you is, how do you feel about that? Because like I said when I put this show out there, if it was you, not me and you, big man, but if it was Carla B, if it was Q, if it was some of you listeners that are out there, would you not want someone to listen to you? Would you not, even whether you were wrong or whether you were right, would you not want a voice, someone that at least give you the opportunity to be heard? So big big man, with that being said, how do you feel about that comment or that quote? Oh, yes. I feel, you know, wholeheartedly that within myself, just like you said, I'm on this journey. And, you know, I'm thankful to the, the Don Adam Show, EOTM, that my voice can be heard upon this situation with this false conviction. Didn't let it be known that it's injustice and, it's, and it still stands, like the caller stated on the line, that they didn't know that that, that still goes on. And, it's, and there's plenty of it. Like you said, it's 151. You count one more to it, it's 152 false convictions with, with myself. You know, that's how I look at the situation. And to anyone else, you know, being in a situation, you know, that is not, you know, a righteous one, 
you know, they would look at it and like they would ask for help themselves because reaching out is the key to anything, you know. And, right. And doing this, doing this situation right here, that, that's basically what Mr. Big Man is doing. Right. Speaking right. out, letting, letting it be known because just as I'm speaking it today, a crime could be happening today, and a person could be falsely convicted today. You know. Right. Well, and, can and I give even, you, if I can, if I can just give you some some advice. Um, and this is just me, um, you know, just listening to some of the past shows that you, you've done and then listening to you on this show tonight. Um, you seem like you've learned a lot since you've been in jail, and I know you've been there um, for over a decade already. But just, I mean, I've listened to you on his shows, and, and Don talks about a lot of different range of topics, be it politics and social issues. And, and just, just my opinion, listening to you on the show the other day when we were talking about um, pan sagging and stuff and how you were, you know, putting out there like, it, you know, it's okay for, for guys to be able to do wear their pan sagging, you know, for whatever reason, that's your opinion. But I think that if you, you're trying to do something with your case, so you have to um, kind of step yourself away from the old you, um, the gangbanger you, the pan sagging you, and you have to create a new image. And I guess I'm looking at it in a, like a marketing because I do public relations. So, you know what I'm saying, we, we market and we brand, you know, our people. We, we create a brand for them. And so if you're trying to put a positive image out there about yourself, then what you really need to do is start maybe, you know, advising, you know, those young guys that know you don't want you, you, you don't need to wear your pants sagging because you're being stereotyped. You don't want to be stereotyped because I believe that stereotype that I mean, they stereotype you when you were in court. You know what I'm saying? For that and, and that's probably why they gave you that um that harsher sentence. So you need to really start speaking out against stuff like that so young men could you know what I'm saying, maybe start making some better decisions. And I think that'll help with your fight. Yeah. You know, uh, I like to say really I, I like I like to say this, Carla, in return to that, you know, in my situation towards the you know, the situation with the gang bang, you know, it was an experience of life during that time, and as I was speaking towards the other show the other night, you know, it's it's not that I promote what a youngster may do or something of that nature because I came from that. It's the thing that I understand the situation at hand, so I know that you know through certain circumstances, you know, that's not that's not proper, you know. So you know, I promote that to to well, young man, but, 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 but big man, you know something, big man? I'm gonna say this. And I, I, I want to say this to you, okay? And then I want your wife to comment on this because I know your wife is on the line. But I'm gonna say this to you, big man. This that was what you just mentioned was exactly what my point is. That certain things belong in certain situations. Yeah. And <clears throat> for you personally, because of the fact that now your story is out there. Now whether you know it or realize it or not, people are listening, and your story is out there. So my challenge to you, man, as a brother, as a black man, as an inmate, or however you, as another man, however you want to receive this, my challenge to you is from now on, every time you open your mouth, whether it be on my show, whether it be on Say Two show, whether it be on any show that you can get your voice on, that you step your game up, man. Because I'm going to tell you something, right now people don't have an image of you. All they have is a voice of you. And your voice of you is what is going to form their opinion of you. Now that is the most powerful piece of knowledge that I can give you for where you sit right now. Now I'm gonna let your wife comment on that. What do you have to say about that? Um, all I have to say is that I agree totally on the behalf of what Carla has spoken upon, and I can understand my husband and the background that he's come from. He's progressed through this um, journey, 
you know, so, you know, we just don't have to keep our heads up, you know, and it's time, this, this situation has been long overdue, and I appreciate the efforts that you all have taken to take out the time to listen to his story and the support that you all have given him, and we will just continue on. That's all I have to say about it. Okay. Now, big man, what you think about what the comment that I just made, brother? What do you think about that, what I just mentioned? Oh, what you just mentioned? You know, yeah. uh, I thank you for that, that that sound advice, you know, but I know within itself, just as you, you know what I'm saying, like we talked earlier, you know, I don't hold anything back, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I think in terms of, you know, for the world, it's within itself, me even being in this situation, because I know another black brother or the white or man, anybody could be in this situation, you know what I'm saying? So I don't look at me, I, I can't, like, you know, like I said, conquer myself. I came to the realization that if I'm going to be, you know what I'm saying, myself and look at things on the whole, which I know a lot of people don't, you know, I can't be prejudiced to no situation, you know, even even from the situation that I came from. You see what I'm saying? So I understand that being that I was more prejudiced of in a situation, being that I'm looking forward out of that situation, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, like if she was speaking towards the, the and stuff of that nature, you know, like like I stated, you know, that's more appropriate and proper well, situation, you know what I'm But well, I want to say this now. The thing okay, is, this right here, though, with me, and generally me, when you're talking about Mr. Big Man and his entirety itself, you know, I speak in, 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 in positivity, you know, for, you know, to motivate myself as well as youngsters that walking in that footprint, you know what I'm saying, of that, of that situation. And then I know, I understand being, when you're trying to, to, to speak with people, and come from where you come from, you have to give them them, you know. So I know how to, you know, I would say, you know, talk talk with these people. To go, I have to go their way to lead someone. You can't just say this and lead and say, pull them up, pull them up, because that's, a, that's, that's what they're content with at that moment. Well, you, you, know? Well, you know what, big man, let me say this to you, and, 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 I, and I applaud and I appreciate your comments, but I want to I be very specific when I address this to you. I didn't mean that to say that you should change anything about who you are. I just meant that to say that you should just be aware of how your comments come across. One thing, one thing I like about you is this. I feel that you keep it real. Keep keeping it real. Put your heart into what you're doing. And don't, don't, ever, don't, don't, don't ever change that because that's the one thing that you have as far as I'm concerned that brought you to the table with me. So I'm going to be open about that. Now, with that being said, I want to share some things with the family. Now, there are 34 states. That have that have had to go back and exonerate people. I'm not going to give all of the states, but I'm going to give the big states. In the state of New York, there've been 27 exonerations. Compensation, yes, they've been paid for. DNA, yes, it was a DNA, it was a DNA type situation. Now, Texas, there have been 40 exonerations. Compensation, absolutely. DNA, yes, played a part in it. Okay. Florida, there have been 12. Exoneration. Compensation, yes. DNA law, yes. Absolutely played a part in it. Now, in Illinois, there have been 29 exonerations. Now, family, I'm putting these numbers out here to let you know this. Now, I, this is not in support of or against Big Man, but this is to let you know, you know what? At the end of the day, exonerations do happen. And at the end of the day, guess what, family? The system is not infallible like we would like to believe that it is. At the end of the day, when somebody raises their voice and says, hey, I need to be heard, I think like this. As a public and as a society, we owe it to that person to let them be heard. Even if they're wrong, let them be heard. That is the purpose of the judicial system. 
That is the purpose of a jury trial, a judge, and supposedly a prosecutor who's out for the right thing. Q, you got any comments on that? Um, well, I actually have a question for you, if you can. For maybe, you know, the listeners might not know because I don't know. Uh, if you can just give us a little bit of uh, insight. What are the legal ramifications? Because I'm sure, you know, big man's wife has gone through hell and high water over this, the things that he has to deal with as, as well. But what are the legal ramif- uh, legal obligations or what someone can seek if they're done wrong by the court systems or by, like, what happened with him? This lady outright lied, and she admitted it, and she got fired, you know. What okay. What done before that? Yeah. That's a great question. You know what happens is this: in the state of Illinois, there, there was a it was a case where a prosecutor was found to be uh, egregiously aggressive uh, in, in in seeking a, a, a conviction in a murder case. That prosecutor uh, was uh, fired, and he was later disbarred, but he didn't face any jail time. There was a case in North Carolina where there were four youths who were rich white youths. And this, let me tell you all something, family. This is not about white or black. I want to put that out there and be very clear. That's why I was important. it was important for me to put those numbers out there. 77 Caucasians and 151 African Americans. That means that outside of African Americans, guess what? The Caucasian group are number two when it comes to convictions and false convictions. Now, there were four white kids in North Carolina who were falsely accused of raping somebody. The DA knew that this woman had changed her story and that there was no physical evidence that these men had committed this rape, but yet still they wanted to prosecute them. That prosecutor later went to jail for 24 hours. He lost his job and he was disbarred. Okay? To make it plain and simple, it is so rare, few and between, that prosecutors who do and, and investigators who do things like this are brought to justice themselves. The system usually looks at it and says, well, they maybe were overworked or maybe they had a lot of this, a lot of that going on, but it's a bunch of baloney. At the end of the day, not a lot happens. And like I said earlier, it depends on, like, in big man's case or in in other people's cases, when you know beyond a reasonable doubt that you have been falsely convicted, it is typically left up to the defendant to come up with the money, the financial means, unless you've got a family who's on the outside who's willing to fight for you to go and present your case to an appeals court, and then once you win, if in most cases, once these people are freed and exonerated, they don't even want to see the court system no more because so much of their life has been taken from them. But unless they feel like, you know what, I want justice, and they go after these people that falsely that had them falsely convicted, there is nothing that's going to be done about it, nothing at all, okay? Nothing at all is going to be done about it. Did I ask you a question, Q? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big man, uh, what no, you got? No. Yeah, go ahead. I got, a, I, got, I got a piece that I wrote for this, this, this situation. <laughs> I figured like, you did. It's like giving it to, you know, if, if the name of this piece, I would like to put it out there. You know, it's not my latest reality in Portugal that is out there on the market right now. Street Gangsters, your OG rated largest to die for by Mr. Big Man. You can check it out at Amazon.com, www.realstreetlitpub.com. But All right, big man. Before, before you go, we got six minutes left in the show, so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you one minute to do it. Then we're gonna give our guests some final comments on this situation. Then we're gonna wrap it up. So you got one minute, brother. Go with it. Okay. The truth told from a G soul. Being a passenger, I did get hit. But when gangsters love matter, splatter within a man's face. Focus helped me focus to perceive any case. I desire to prevail, never destined to fail. The solid strength of the gangster in me passed my wound. The value of my ambition executed the man I am. 
do what I do. For the gangster I am applies recognition to what I need. Only God knew what my life would receive. After I wiped the blood out my eyes, forgive me, love, for my heart was too streaked to cry. I knew you just as you knew I. No one understands what it takes for me to daily get by. Damn, all those bullets. I wonder why I didn't die. Back then, during my dismissing of sin, I was moving too fast to actuate my future. Since I'm not at a penal pace, I'm in free of motion constructing my future. Call me a fool for standing by your side, but who knew better than I? The truth told that the gangsters in you was always down the ride. Tragedy has no mercy, so I ask not why. The streets curse me. Conceiving a gift which I believe that will help me achieve, now I pour it and perfect in my craft. This is the decoration of emotions of a successful aftermath. Feel the vibrations of my gangster soul, the truth told. I don't regret my life being dressed in streets scold. For this pain can't be rest from my ghetto mold. My life has upheld the worst of storms. I'm forever strong by the script of the real man I be. I'll be damned if I fold. I continue to uphold myself. But this is the truth told from the death of a gangster soul. That's that peace. Good job, Reed. Good job, big man. Good shot. Um, all right, Q, we're going to start with you first, sweetie. Any final comments on, 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 on tonight's topic? Um, basically, uh, just for uh, Big Man, his wife, um, I just want to tell you from my heart, from, from one individual to another, you know, you just keep fighting and be, you know, the face of, uh, to the faceless that's, walk, uh, that's locked away, you know, because you may be that individual that changes the legal wrongs that's done to people. That's, that's all I want to say. Just keep fighting. All right, Carla B. Hey, I um, just want to say um, definitely another great show, another great Don EOTM Adams um, production. Um, Big Adams, um, definitely be encouraged, be inspired. Um, sounds, seems like you have a great um, wife that is standing behind you 100%, So, um, and that's a beautiful thing in, it, in itself. So just keep your head up and keep inspired and, and just keep trying to educate yourself. Thank you. Okay, sounds good. All right, 909, I think that's Mocha D. Mocha D, you got a final comment for us? Yes, and I appreciate that. I just wanted to say, you know, like Carla B. was saying, just stay encouraged and know since the beginning of time that fair trials has been just a matter of another man's hands. So you use every moment, whether you got to go back up in the system or not, just use every moment as a time to uplift somebody else's spirit and look at it like another job and another mission to make you even a better man. Sounds good. Sounds positive. All right, I'm going to let your wife say some final comments. I know she said she didn't have anything else to say, but I want her to say some final comments if she wouldn't mind. I know you still – there you go, babe. Um, I appreciate all the support once again, and i like to say this. um, This is just a little short, brief story. Um, As I was standing in line one day going to visit my husband, a white guy – it was a white guy. Like you said, it wasn't – it's not a black and white thing. The guy was standing behind me, he, he he told me, he said, you know what, I always thought that everybody that's incarcerated are bad people until I'm placed in the position where my brother is incarcerated now, and I know he's in there on a wrongful conviction. You know, so I, I, I appreciate and I applaud everyone on the show for not looking at him despite, you know, his um character, his his His, his downfall. Past. You know, yeah, his downfall, and I, I'm, I'm gr- very grateful that everyone, you know, just took out the time to listen to him and get to know the, the current Mr. Bitman or whatnot, and I just wanted to just thank everybody for the time, you know. So thank you. Absolutely, absolutely, we appreciate you tuning in and being supportive as well, and I want to personally thank all of you that 
that decided to spend your time with the show tonight and to listen in. As always, I know that time is the most valuable asset that we have, and I always start my shows with that for a reason. And I'm going to say this. Right now, they're taking time away from Big Man. They're taking time away from him, and that is the biggest commodity that he could uh, that he could offer anyone, his family, his children, if he has any, all the above. They're taking time away from him. So time is a very valuable asset, family. But I want to leave and say this to you, and I'm going to say this quote again. I can't say it enough. We all have strength enough to endure the misfortunes of others. Family, it's always easy to step out on the outside and say, hey, could have, should have, would have. But guess what? What does it take and require of you to actually make that journey? I want to say this to you. Take a minute and put take a walk in my shoes and understand what, how I see life. With that being said, y'all tune in next Tuesday because Ronnie, the first lady of GPT and I, are going to be tackling some health care issues. Some serious things. We're going to start a series off uh, about some serious healthcare issues and concerns that are not just affecting the African American community, but all the communities that are out there. So tune in to the Don Adams Jr. Show uh, next Tuesday. And until then, I want to say again, thank you to you, big man, for for sharing your your, your story with us and being as open and as candid as you have been. But family, remember this: I and I get paid to be radical. So with that being said, if I rule the damn world. It wouldn't be none of this shit going on. I'll see y'all next Tuesday. Peace out.
worry. Duck down in car seats, he's mandatory. Running from Jake, getting cake, hunger for pace. These are the breaks, many mistakes go down out of state. Wait, I had them in the marinade. We carry weight, trying to get late. Slip the ace back to safe. Millionaire plan to keep the gap with the cock camera. Making moves in Atlanta, back and forth scrambler. Cause you can have all the chips. Be poor or rich, so nobody want a nigga have a shit. If I rule the world and everything in it, sky's the limit. I push the two, four, five, infinite. It wouldn't be no such thing as jealousies or be felony. Strictly living longevity to the destiny. I thought I'd never see, but reality struck. Better find out before your time's out. What the fuck? Yeah, I rule the world. Imagine that. I free all Viratech is a publicly traded company that has created the first biotech social network. Founded by Dr. Kevin Buckman, the company has built a unique platform that will allow biotech research to become open-sourced for the first time in history. A breakthrough company in the biotech industry, Viratech is publicly held, meaning anyone can become a shareholder of the company. The trading symbol is Vira, spelled V-I-R-A. More information about Viratech is available via Yahoo Finance. Just type in the ticker symbol V-I-R-A. Are you an entrepreneur on the move? EOTM Media Group has become the new voice for you. EOTM has the most outstanding public relations firm that will suit your needs as well as your budget. Thanks to EOTM Radio and staff, EOTM has climbed the ranks, reaching over 1 million listeners worldwide. Not only is EOTM Media Group mutually respected for its amazing quality, but also for their branding and marketing expertise. Everyone in the industry needs PR and marketing. So with that said, if you or someone you know needs PR or marketing solutions, Contact Carla Barnes, Head of Marketing and Branding at 213-290-3573 or visit her website at www.eotmediagroup.com or join her blog at www.eotmblog.com. What's that? You're interested in hearing a few live shows? Visit our radio page at www.eotmradio.com. Thanks for your time. This commercial is brought to you by EOTM Radio and Classic City Records. Celebrate Entrepreneur's Biggest Night live from West Hollywood, California. The 2013 EOTM Awards, Sunday, August 4th at the beautiful Pacific Design Center. 
Red Carpet and Celebrity Studded Awards Show, highlighting all things entrepreneurship. Nominees and presenters scheduled to attend Bruce Valanche, Farah Abraham, Tammy Roman, Jake Short, Carlin Jeffrey, Adam Barter, Matt Martin, Eric Zuli, Latoya Luckett, Jasmine Brand, Christian Keys, Mary Marrow, Vincent Ward, Josh Feldman, CC Perkinson, Cynthia Manley, Fawn, Chili Moe, Mimi Foss, Donnelly Heising, Jared Masters, Macy Bookout, Barbara Niven, and many more to be confirmed. Performances by Billy Lord, Adam Barter, Chioki Damachi, Leon, Ron Anthony with Don Cannon, and more. Win tickets by tweeting hashtag EOTM Awards, hashtag Think Entrepreneurship. Visit www.eotmawards.com, www.eotmawards.com for more info.
Virotech is a publicly traded company that has created the first biotech social network. Founded by Dr. Kevin Buckman, the company has built a unique platform that will allow biotech research to become open sourced for the first time in history. A breakthrough company in the biotech industry, Virotech is publicly held, meaning anyone can become a shareholder of the company. The trading symbol is Vira, spelled V-I-R-A. More information about Virotech is available via Yahoo Finance. Just type in the ticker symbol V-I-R-A. Entrepreneurs on the moon, reshaping life for a better tomorrow.